remember all of these when people come from minorities rights you're selling your own rights as well because they all come in a big bundle once they can do it to us it's normalized they can then do it to other communities hello my name is jamie odell and welcome to amplify fm a podcast from the local grassroots media platform amplify stroud now on today's episode luke coleman is joined by romany gypsy activist luke smith They discussed the government's police crime sentencing and courts bill, which has been under the spotlight recently after the disappearance and death of Sarah Everard and the subsequent police violence at her vigil. Now, this bill is not new, and the Gypsy Roma and Traveller community, who would be heavily criminalised by it, have been speaking out against it for a long time. So in this episode, we look at events in Bristol this week, the impacts of the bill, and the racism that Luke's community face from the police and society on a daily basis. So my name's Luke and I'm a Romany Gypsy, so I grew up in the community. My accent's obviously changed changed a little bit since I've been in education like all my life. And my family can't read and write or anything like that. Nobody's politically active. Everybody thinks all politicians are the same. You know, massive distrust for the system, massive distrust for the way people treat us, the way we like we go to school, we're called pikeys, we go to pubs and um, things like that, and we get refused service. Um, but it's not just gyp- like British Romany gypsies like me, but it's Irish travellers as well. We get similar things, and like those two communities have married in a bit. Um, yeah, so I'm from quite quite an old sort of insular family that's never really married outside the community or anything like that we, we kind of live a separate society within a society type of thing because like i said we don't trust other people and the reason we don't trust other people is because the way they treat us the way society treats us so yeah that that's my sort of background but i'm educated um i've got a degree in engineering from the university of nottingham believe it or not uh, now work in technology but yeah so my life's a bit different now and um things have changed for me quite significantly but yeah, I'm not just gonna, you know, sit there and let everybody sort of racialize and use racist tropes towards my people and, you know, what we're supposedly meant to be or not be like. Now, the fact that I exist proves that those stereotypes don't aren't correct, right? Like, simple. So, um, we're today we're here to talk about the the um, PCSC bill. Well, there's lots to talk about in there, but. Um, despite the distractions of last night, I want to focus on the GRT issues more than, more than anything else. But just to, 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 to quickly go over last night, we, we spoke last week and we said at the time that the only logical uh, direction for this to go after the, the second reading of this bill was that there would be a, a poll tax-like disturbance. Um, and it appears last night yeah. in Bristol we've had something similar and, and it looks to have been provoked by the police again. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on what happened last night? Well, to, to be honest with you, like the police have got structural failings. Like it's not that people go, Oh yeah, you know, it's one police officer. They've done something wrong. No, no, no. Like there is a cultural and structural problem with misogyny and racism within the police forces. And it's not just the Met, where there's a whole list of Met officers that have done naughty things. But this goes into every police force in the country. Now, I can find police officers that have said racist things against gypsies and travellers, racist things against black people, racist things against literally every community you can think of under the sun. I can find within about two seconds examples of that online. Like, this stuff is widespread. 
Like, and, and it goes all the way up to the top. Like, it's Cressida Dick and all these people, you know, the head of Bristol Police. Now, Bristol Police Force is meant to be one of the better ones. That's what disturbs me about this, is that it's meant to be one of the better ones. When they were pulling down that slaver statue and all that, the police stood back because they knew that there was going to escalate things. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're still they're still police. They're still there to keep us all in order. They're not there to protect us. They're there to subdue us. That's what they're there for. And uh, unfortunately, that's what happened. I mean, we see this through history, like from Orgreave to Wapping to um, general strikes to everywhere. We see the police doing this, right? This is built into the very fabric of policing, like the racial aspect of it, the classist aspect of it. Um, and it's interesting because it's like one of the only jobs that's got real wage growth in the last years. And that's because younger people and other people are just thinking, I wouldn't want to be a police officer for, for, officer for love nor money because they know what it is. It's an abusive institution. Um, and that's what we see with, you know, them covering up for themselves, covering up for their colleagues. Like there's rumor that, you know, a certain perpetrator that uh, killed somebody may or may not have been caught flashing at a local McDonald's a couple of days beforehand. But that gets kind of put under the rug, you know, because even the police officers that aren't committing it know if they say anything, their career progression will be destroyed and all that sort of thing. And then we get gypsy and traveller police officers. So even worse, they're people that are sent to enforce against gypsy and traveller, and they are from our community, right? Um, they get awful racism as well, get called pikey and all sorts of, you know, awful things. So, yeah, it's just institutional. And when you've got a police officer woman who is on the TV, on the news going, oh, I would feel uncomfortable going to the police to report a sexual assault or a rape. That happened to me because I see what the victims go through. Well, that tells you how bad it is, doesn't it? Simple. <laughs> simple stuff. Yeah. Like rates of domestic violence in the police force, for example was huge like violence is built into the fabric of, of these institutions and i know it sounds really horrible and it sounds like you know i don't i don't necessarily hate individuals that are in the police i i, I just hate the idea of it what it's built on what it stands for so yeah that that's my take on it but this is it you know this has been waiting to happen because the thing is is that um like I say, if you outlaw legitimate forms of protest, well, then all people have left is violence. So, yeah, no, I'm not going to sit here and condemn the violence on the streets and stuff like that. When we know, we know from the previous event where we've had a peaceful vigil, but the police will come and batter women in the streets and put their knees on their necks and things like that. So we know that they're the perpetrators. It's funny how protests without the police there are peaceful, but when the police come, all of a sudden violence happens. They want to show us the burning vehicles, but they don't want to show us the, the people battering people with batons. Like, yeah, I mean, it's cop gander. What we're seeing on the BBC now is cop gander. It's basically, you know, marketing for the police force. Simple. It's, it's quite extraordinary. In anyway. the, certainly a lot, of the, a lot of the images and the videos that have come out from last night, a great deal of them actually show that, you know, they're, they're captioned with police with broken bones and the rest of it. But actually, they're police with batons drawn, with gas out, um, going after people who are unarmed um, and, and provoking the situation. Um, and, you know, and I think we, we both probably followed it quite closely last night and, and I'm, not, I'm just down the road from Bristol and um, there's definitely a sense that, uh, that this was, uh, that the police, you know, they'd, they'd come ready to do that, whatever. Um, and yeah, I think I absolutely agree that yeah, well, they don't de-escalate. 
yeah i mean and i agree that it's a it's a case of um having a problem with the institution rather than with individuals and i i always say the same about um about being a, a you know a republican i mean i'm I wouldn't ever mix with Prince William or with with any of the people from the royal family, but I don't particularly dislike them. They were born into their privilege and born into their position. But the institution is completely bankrupt and morally bankrupt. And, and, but, and, and also the thing is, like, people always talk about these things where, oh, yeah, let's sack Cressida Dick and all this stuff. And like, let's sack the police commissioners and all this crap, right? Is that you can't just sack them because the next person in the pipeline would have been somebody groomed in that pipeline in order to take the reins. So it's like, you, without changing the structure that replicates those failings, where they keep arresting black people who are innocent, where they keep, you know, where they charge somebody for GBH, who's a four foot 10 black woman with a disability, who's had to fight off free racists, but the police have charged her for GBH. I mean, I, you couldn't, you couldn't just take one person out. This isn't, like I say, you'd have to dismantle the whole, I'm not saying it's practical or anything like that in terms of, or electoral or whatever, but in terms of like reforming the police force, you, you would have to abolish it and restart it if you wanted to have any sort of chance at rectifying the issues. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think this is where it. people really misunderstand the idea of defunding. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but it's funny, it's like people from communities like mine, people from communities like mine, right, is that it's not just we're peacefully protesting or whatever. They come to our trailers and rip us out our trailers dressed in riot gear with police dogs who almost bit a man's leg off. They come and drag, you know, epileptic, disabled Irish traveller women across, you know, park fields. Yeah, to the point where they've had epileptic fits. We see that all the time. They came to Dale Farm and they was all teethed up um, to the eyeballs. They came to Dale Farm. They ripped everybody out. They don't care. They don't mind beating women in the streets. This, this isn't a new concept that they hit women at a vigil. They don't care whether you're women, man, anything, children. They, I, honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they beat children. I know at the student protests before, they have batten children before. So it, it's, it's serious. Like, um, but like I say... PCSC you know, bill, um, which since we first spoke has uh, hit a couple of bumps in the road and it looks like uh, committee's going to take a bit longer to, to form on it mostly in a response to the Sarah Everard vigil and, and the violence that the, um, the, the police took part in there. How is this bill likely to affect your community and communities similar? Well, I'll start off with how it affects everyone because racialised groups and minorities experience really horrible outcomes within policing anyway. So we're over-policed, we're more likely to experience police violence, we're more likely to experience like um, disproportionate prosecution, so being prosecuted more for the same crimes as like a white person might do um so that's one of the ways it affects us and obviously like giving police more powers communities like mine show that the police can't even use the powers that they got properly so so what does that bear you know what does that bear in mind like what does that have in store for us if we're giving them more power and they, they can't even be trusted with the powers they bloody got um, so that's one way it's going to affect us is that we experience police brutality. Like I say, a man's leg nearly get ripped off by a police dog. Like that's common occurrence. Like these sort of attacks, arrests, really violent arrests, um, you know, getting raided if there's a theft in the area, getting raided is very common on sites. Like, you know, people like to have this stereotype in their mind that we don't get police because the police are too scared to get us. The police love nothing more than going to a site and battering everybody on it like trust me they love that that's a favorite it's a favorite pastime 
I, I would even say. Um, so, yeah, that's one thing I would say. Then the second thing that's going to affect our community is that the police will then now, after this bill comes in, will be sent to unauthorised encampments. So there's a lack of sites in the country. There's a lack of housing in general in the country. But there's, a, there's even worse for us because there's a massive lack of uh, you know, permanent sites. So that's where people live in um, on a site, but they'll live there permanently. There's transit sites which people can pull up on, you know, rent the ground for like a month or whatever it's owned by the council they'll pay a bit of ground rent and they'll live there for 28 days a bit like the caravan club for ordinary people um but they'll live there for like 28 days the council will remove their rubbish and things like that um and then there's um negotiate stopping so that's when a council will negotiate with travelers and say how long do you need to stay what can we provide for you bins wise and all that to make sure there isn't a rubbish like a mess left behind um and then they'll do that but there's none of that going on there's only very few councils in the country, like Leeds, for example, that do this sort of thing. Um, so that's already, so we've created basically what is, um, you know, a, another form of homelessness, basically. Like these people have nowhere to go that's legitimate, whatever. So that ends up with people doing unauthorised encampments. Unauthorised encampments is like a, 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 it's a, at the minute, it's a civil offence. So if you go there, they can get you evicted and all that, but it has to go through like civil courts and things. Um, and there's high court injunctions where they can remove you uh, via high court injunction and stop you from returning to that area or whatever. But um, really, all these solutions, like, you know, the evictions and the police brutality stuff, none of it addresses the solution, which is these people have nowhere to live, nowhere to stay permanently or temporarily. Um, so that's the main issue. And then there's a lot of issues around like, oh, yeah, but they leave loads of rubbish, all this, that, racist, racist, all that crap. Um, but the truth is behind it is that there's a reason there's rubbish left is because councils don't provide them with services. And then I go, councils, why don't you provide these people with bins and sanitation? And then to which the councils say, um, no, or the racists will say, no, because you don't pay council tax. Well, okay then, approve permanent sites, approve transit sites, and approve negotiated stopping. That should give you enough tools to deal with those people legitimately where there won't be any rubbish left because the councils are providing the bins, like they would for everybody else in that local authority. And also, councils also provide bins for people who don't pay their council tax within that authority. Settled people, people that live in houses, um, normal non-gypsy and traveller people, right? They will, they will still collect their... So do you see what I mean? There's a big race issue here where you know the quality of services that are offered is different based on the race of the people that they're serving now like i say if you put approval these you know a transit site there pay ground rent that will pay for bins and rubbish to get collected approved permanent sites those people will pay council tax believe it or not people on site pay council tax so that's another issue um people on transit sites also pay ground rent, negotiated stopping. They, they, sometimes they're offered to, you know, pay ground rent or whatever. But, um, but yeah, so it's just a nonsense. And also with the ethnicity, with the lowest council spending per head as it stands, because we use the schools less, like all these other things that come into it, we actually get less off of local authorities than normal people. So um, nonsense argument. But then when I go, you should have permanent sites and all these things, they go, oh yeah, but we just don't want you in the area. Well, what you're saying there is that the power isn't with our community, the power's with you and your councillors. 
because you're the ones that are refusing us planning permission. So really, you're the cause of the rubbish. And then I kind of direct people to the bin strikes in Birmingham. I go, well, search the bin strike in Birmingham and tell me how ordinary families cope without bin disposal. And then they kind of look at me like I've got five heads and go, oh, I never really thought of it like that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So um, that's the issue we're facing. But this crime bill, how this comes into the unauthorised encampments is... The police will now come along and have the power to seize vehicles. So um, take these people's, what they do have of homes, so trailers and cars, uh, trailers are caravans for most people, that's what they call them. Um, so, so they will actually impound their assets. So these people are even worse homelessness now and their kids are having worse outcome. It also gives them the ability to fine them up to £2,000 at a time. So these people are now paying more rent than they would in actual private accommodation if they were to go into houses. So that's another issue with it. Um, they could also seize assets to pay for cleanup. Well, if councils aren't providing rubbish, then what do they expect? There's always going to be rubbish left because, you know, our families produce rubbish like every other family. That's another point. And then... You know, we get to this point where the, the, the police can now put you in prison for this. So it's now not a civil offence, it's a criminal offence. So that means families that are homeless can face prison sentences. Now, what happens to their kids when they go to prison and so there's nobody to, else to look after them? Well, what happens is those kids get taken into care. And then what happens to those kids is even worse outcomes. Like they could experience rape, sexual assault. They could experience like really horrific outcomes just in the care system in general. There's a big prison care to prison pipeline as well so yeah all of these things are making it harder for people from our community to get educated to get access to health care and things like that which we're already bad like we die 12 years earlier than the average population so we already experience hard outcomes and then we get the police come along we always experience you know brutal arrests and things and like I say, disproportionate kind of violence from the police and the cps will then prosecute us as well at a higher rate so it's like you know, there's nothing these people really have left. Um, it, it's just, it's the legalisation of what I call pogroms, which is the, the historic, you know, stripping assets of minorities, you know, beating them to a pulp just because of who they are and the way they live. Now, our ancient traditional way of life is not incompatible with a liberal Western democracy. It's not incompatible. They've made it incompatible to score culture war points because we're, you know, the first, as soon as like, you know what happened in Bristol last, it's all related. When there's a society at breaking point, there's pressure relief valves and those pressure relief valves are minorities. And it tends to start off with the minorities that people care about the least. Um, people that don't care about you coming after their rights. So they go, instead of us, big Tory greedy people, right, who are running off of all the money, it's the gypsies that are coming to take all our stuff. It, it's the Irish travellers, well, they obviously use nastier terms. It's the disabled people claiming benefits they shouldn't have. That's what it is, because our society doesn't care about us. Um, we, are the pr we are prey, basically, in this society. And uh, I always say to people, like, we're the, we're the warning alarm of a society going through a very dark path, about to go embark on a very dark path. Like, we're always the people that are started with, but you can bet your bottom dollar we're not the last ones. So that, that's how it's by the police, having their ass assets stripped. Um, but, yeah, that, that's how it's going to affect us, pogroms, essentially. And so, I mean... I've got very much in mind a, a pretty infamous tweet by a certain West Midlands Labour MP from 
uh, about four or five years yeah. ago when um, she she made her constituents aware on the public forum that she was going to deal with the the, the um, travellers that were rolling into town tanks the way she was um, the way she was going on about it. Who are your allies? It, yeah. in, do you have allies in the House of Parliament? Do you have allies from the uh, legislat legislature at all? Look, there's a few people that will stand up and speak when the time comes, right? But, you know, we've had... I, we've been going on about this for six months or more, 12 months even, right? We've been saying this bill's coming, right? We've been shouting from the rooftops for somebody to help us, for somebody to speak up for us, and nobody came. It's only when this bill, when people decided that, you know, it's going to affect our rights to protest and things like that, people go, oh... Maybe these gypsies were on to a point. <laughs> you know, maybe these gy gypsies and travellers, maybe they've got a point about the way our society is going. Maybe we should uh, pull our finger out and uh, do something now. Sorry to be explicit, but I mean, that, that is the case. Now, we do have some allies. Right? We have like the Zara Sultanas of the world. We have the Nadia Whittams of the world, who, who to be honest with them, right, even... You know, Russ, Lloyd Russell, what's he called? Uh, Lloyd Russell Moyle for Brighton, for, uh, Brighton, Kemp Town, I think. He, is it Kemp Town? I don't know. But um, him, he, he's a good ally. He will always speak out. He'll go, you know, we shouldn't be doing this. They're a minority. They have a protected way of life. They're protected um, ethnicity and things like that. We shouldn't be doing this. This is like, fact, give these people somewhere to bloody live. And it comes to something, right? when it's taken the police forces, and you know what my problems are with the police forces, the police forces said they don't want these extra powers. They said, give these people somewhere to live. So when the police are on your side, you know something's gonna be enforcing laws that aren't gonna solve the problems. But yeah, we had, you know, historically, we've had people like Kate Green, who's been on the APPG for Gypsies, Roma and Travelers, but you know, at the same time, they're, you know, they're sort of agencies limited. They're not willing to kind of, they're only half willing to put their neck above the parapet. The human rights lawyer, as the leader of the Labour Party, of the opposition, I just think this guy's been to Oxford, he studied the law, he knows the score, he knows exactly how this is going to affect us because he used to approve cases like this when he was in the sea. Yes. So the idea that this guy does go against it at the last minute, right? I think it says it all about the Labour Party and everybody else. I, I think it really does say, oh, he's, he's so concerned about human rights. He doesn't care about our community. So, you know, some human rights lawyer, I think he should be disbarred personally. He doesn't care about human rights, really, does he? But, you know, the, the Socialist Society of Lawyers already look like they're kicking him out, I think, because um, he's not a socialist. Because the thing is, right, I don't mind if he was a social democrat. I don't even care if he was a Blairite or whatever else it is, right? Because some of those people, like and all our allies aren't on the left, not all on the left, like they're all over the place. There's some people in this Labour Party and on the opposition in general that are quite right-wing in, in terms of like, you know, relative to the Labour Party, quite right-wing. But they'll stick there because they'll go, these are human rights violations. Like This, this is like scary stuff. But, you know, I just think... He knows what it is, but he's scared. He's so scared of electoralism, right, that he's, he's willing to throw minorities under the bus. Well, what does that say about somebody who's meant to be a big socialist or social democrat? Well, it shows that you don't care about everybody's votes equally. And therefore, are you really, you're not really a democrat. And you're probably definitely not a socialist if you don't care about equality for everyone. And now, we're some of the worst outcome community in the whole 
country. We have the lowest educational attainment, highest incarceration rates, one of the highest um, infant mortality rates, women dying in childbirth. This is how bad it is, right? Um, experiencing racism. We're actually more likely to be victims of hate crimes than we are to be perpetrators of crimes. That's what we're looking at. We get, you know, trailers get scribbled, you know, dirty gypsies up the side of it and things like that. And, you know, pity word and all that stuff all the time. Poor old Johnny Delaney got attacked by three, I think it was three lads. They beat him to a pulp. They left him dead and they walked away and saying, you know, it doesn't matter because he's a gypsy. That's the sort of level of racism we experience in this country. But, you know, for some reason they've got, cognitive dissonance where they can't put two and two together now anymore and obviously like i never used to be this kind of angry but recently i've got so angry with it because I, like i say i've been screaming about this for for, for months and it's only turned out at the last minute where you no know, somebody's been murdered by a police officer has highlighted why these people do not need more powers that's the last thing they need um but yeah, like, like, but it goes back historically, like Dale Farm. I mean, Dale Farm was like basically investigated for like human rights stuff. Like the way they came in, like you all dressed up to the teeth, battering women, children, everybody really in general. So we do get a hard end of the bargain, but it's a shame that people who are meant to be for human rights think electoralism is more important. Now I'm all for compromise electorally. I know that we have to win, but at the same time, you cannot compromise on basic rights. And then these people are going to vote for a spy cops bill, which makes murder and things like that. Okay. And acceptable in these institutions, right? Which is obviously wrong. Um, but it's, it's all just a darker path. It's like, you know, the, they don't know really, they haven't realized quite what they've done yet. They don't realize that they're being the handmaidens, you know, for, for what's coming, which is a, an authoritarian police state. And they're not going to realize until it's too late and it's hit them when minorities like us are rounded up and put into prisons. And that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's really not. There's about 15 to 20,000 families who are still living the nomadic life now. So, you know, 85% of us live in houses and things like that now. But we still experience racism, but not to the level that, you know, we're still nomadic and we're going to be pogromed by the police. Um, it, it, I think it's just a disgrace. And local councils are even worse. Local councils are some of the worst people for it. Because, they, 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 you know, it's back to that thing. Oh, well, we don't cause the problems. Let's find the nearest minority to deflect onto. That's what they do. So, so what can people do in terms of, in, there's, there's two major things here. What can people do to uh, firstly be an effective and uh, strong ally to the GRT communities? And what can people do to kick up a fuss about the PCSC bill? Um, and to try and uh, mitigate the chances of it getting as far as committee or, or to, to actually sort of go after it and hopefully get it um, taken off the books. Yeah, I mean, I'm not encouraging like violence or anything like that, but, you know, um, what the good people of Bristol do, don't, you know, stand up and say no in capital letters, stand up and say, no, this is not good enough for a society. This is not what we're about as a society and we're not going to stand for it. So that's what you can do is to be an ally, get out on the streets because these politicians aren't going to care. They've sold us down the river plenty of times before. So we need ordinary people to help us basically. And that's got to be the start of it. You know, turn up to your local planning meetings, 
you know, turn turn up when they when they say, oh, you know, gypsies and travellers and stuff, and like, oh, we don't want sites here. So when somebody's saying something racist in a council meeting, you know, for planning permission for uh, travellers sites and things like that, stand up and say, well, you know, why do these people deserve to live here less than we do? Why do these people not deserve somewhere to live? Like, ask the questions because they often don't have the answers. That's the issue. And when somebody says, oh, they don't pay council tax, stand up and say, well, actually, they do pay council tax, actually. Sites actually do pay council tax. The only reason unauthorised encampments don't pay a council tax is because you don't let them. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It's, it's a chicken and egg situation, but we don't have the ability, or people do. Because when sites get approved, they go, oh, I'm going to put in a complaint and all, all this, because it's nimbyism. They don't want us anywhere near them. And you'll get some of the best progressives around stand up and go, oh, well, we understand everybody has to have somewhere to live, but just not on my bloody doorstep. Well, you know, some some progressive you are. You know what I mean? So um, that's what you could do. Go to, go to your local, if you're a Green Party activist, if you're a Labour activist or even a Conservative activist, stand up and go to these these um you know your local clp meetings or whatever or or the local green party meetings or wherever it is and when somebody says something racist stand up and say that isn't right what you said there is racist and we wouldn't tolerate that for well some parties would tolerate it to other communities so don't say that because they do tolerate it for other communities but just say well you know we don't we shouldn't be tolerating this sort of abuse um i mean i got it in my own clp so you know not specifically to me because obviously i don't I, I don't come across as your typical you stereotype think of as a, a gypsy or traveler which is wrong really because there's plenty of us out there plenty of nurses you know everything else so um it's just a shame it really is a shame and the thing is that this bill when I always say, you know, solid, show solidarity and things like this, right? The reason why it's important to show solidarity for communities and things that might not necessarily affect you is that people are far closer. Most people, even middle class people, are three months away from being homeless, right? You're far closer to gypsies and travellers who are still on the move than you are to millionaires and billionaires in Parliament. That's one sure fact. Um, and number two is, is that when the housing crisis comes, how do you think people are going to live? In San Francisco, a lot of people have gone to uh, living in car parks and things like that. And they're people with middle class jobs. So remember, all of these, when people come from minorities' rights, you're selling your own rights as well. Because they all come in a big bundle. Once they can do it to us, it's normalised. They can then do it to other communities. And they've already killed 100,000 or something ridiculous disabled people. They don't care about people, ordinary people like us. Don't care about us. We're just a number. When when we die in that sort of when when people die in those sort of numbers or are incarcerated in those sort of numbers, they become statistics. They don't even become people anymore. So sad, really sad. But like we're getting it. But it's it's all a bit like people to ask me to talk about education. They ask me to talk about healthcare and all this stuff, and they're like they try and make me silo these things off. They're all related. If I'm being chased across the country by police forces and high court injunctions and things like that. How am I going to be able to sit in an area? How am I able to get schooling? How am I able to get... The state has to facilitate these things like it does for everybody else's children. Um, but we're worth less. It's like they told us, oh, you can't have educational resources at home. But all of a sudden, now there's a pandemic on everybody's kids can be educated from home. But, but like I say, just, you know, stand up for us. Don't throw us under the bus. Like, at the end of the day, we're people. Like, we might not be sometimes, obviously... E the economics there's only one correlation between you know crime 
and, and ethnicity. There's no correlation between crime and ethnicity. There's only a correlation between crime and poverty and deprivation. And our community is one of the most deprived and poorest out of the lot. So that's the truth.